0: The following presentation was recorded live by Voices from Jerusalem. Number forty-seven of the forty-eight ways is halomet almanas La'asot. Halomet means he learns, almanas in order, on condition La'asot, to do. He learns in order to act, to do, to put into practice. Okay, so to focus your attention as to how, what extent this business. Of our uh, schizophrenia is, I focus your attention. Like, which would you rather? What's your name? Heschel. Which would you rather be? A very wealthy millionaire? How would you? That's miserable. Or uh, you do well. You know, you're making you twenty thousand a year, but you're happy like a lot Happiness, right? Okay. So now we can teach in Judaism. We say happiness is an obligation. Give you a definition. We can teach you how to be happy. What do you say, Helshul? We're an old eminent firm. You know, the Jewish people, we're not fly-by-nights, right? We say happiness is an obligation. So, look, investigate, right? Do you see the problem? You make a decision. Something is much more valuable than something else, and yet you don't put it into practice. That's then. no way to live, right? But now, what would you say, Helshul? What would you say to a fellow... And there are a few guys over here, right? Steve, uh, Sharon, yeah, that actually believe that happiness is an obligation. And they realize, Moshe, you realize that that if you work at it, you can make it? Right? Yeah? Uh, What would you say? I wouldn't say which one of these three. But all three of them believe it. They believe that we've defined it. They believe that if you work at it, you got it. And one of them, maybe two, maybe three, yeah, don't do a stitch of work on them. Is that crazy? You see, people can have pleasure. Happiness, let's define it a little bit. Happiness is to be aware of the pleasure that you have. You have pleasure having hands and feet. You realize that? You don't realize that. Now, if you didn't have your hands and feet, if you were paralyzed, and this is the first day you can walk around, would you have pleasure just lifting a hand, you know? Just lifting it, right? Ha-ha! <laughs> It works, it works. Would you have pleasure? Right, so you're having pleasure. You're having pleasure using your feet. You're having pleasure being able to write. But you're used to it. We don't appreciate what we have. Happiness is to appreciate what you have. Now, these guys believe they can get it. If they drill. And yet, they don't do it. I just want to illustrate to you what is going on within us. We can understand wisdom, know that it is effective, and yet not practice it. From fighting with our parents, to nagging our children, to knowing how to be happy, how to make decisions, to knowing what we're living for, we're not going to practice the wisdom that we have. And that is, you realize, fraught with peril. You see that? How do we go about doing something about it? So number one, Focus on the fact that if it makes sense, it's reasonable, it promises you results, pleasure, more effectiveness in living, and you don't do it, that is schizophrenia. That is crazy. That's living on two different levels, right? On the one hand, you say, this is good, makes sense, I will gain. (laughs) You don't do it. That's, That's being disconnected with reality. Number two is get this absolutely profound realization that human beings are inclined to being crazy. The rabbis say, Adam A man does not make a mistake. Chet is sin, but in Hebrew it really means mistakes. Adam A man does not make a mistake. He does not sin. He does not make a mistake. Except that it enters into him the spirit of insanity temporary insanity. That's all. That's all our problem. The problems of human beings. You see all these people going around killing each other, all these people miserable, all these people fighting their own kids, hurting their, 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 their own flesh and blood. All these people are wasting their lives. Yeah. Temporary insanity. That's all. That's the whole problem. But B of this is, I hope that you get The fear of insanity. Happy or rich? I'd rather be happy. What are you going to do about it? Well, I don't have any time right now. (laughs) Yeah? I don't have any time right now. I have a... a, I I promised myself a trip to Masada. Yeah? I don't have time for happiness. I'm too busy. It's too important to me to get to Masada. (laughs) If you can't rely on yourself to do what you consider important... (gasps) What's going to be? You scared? Scott, scared? Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Also, no? A little bit, that's good. A little bit. Because living with reality takes an effort. Yeah. Okay, so the third step is accept the responsibility. You are responsible for yourself. You've got to get it done. The rabbi say, in ethics of our fathers, Em Ein Anili Meili. If I'm not going to do it for myself, Who's going to do it for me? Realize no one. It's completely in your ballpark. If you're going to discipline yourself, you're going to work at happiness, you're going to live in reality, you're going to take control of your life, it's completely up to you. Nobody can get into your brain and get you independent and responsible. So B of this is that therefore, resolve, I can do it, it's up to me. I'm going to be in control of my own life. If I believe in something, I'm going to get it done. You want happiness? You want a good life? You want greatness? You want, <laughs> you want to use the experience you got? Friend, up to you. Make that decision. I'm going to take control. Then we'll discuss how you go about it. What do you do? How do you make it a little easier? How do you successful? What do successful? How do you accomplish it? But you gotta realize it's your decision, you've gotta make that decision, and you gotta make it now. All right, number four is anytime you see a piece of wisdom in living or that you've gotten from people, love your neighbor, you gotta be disciplined, accept pain, whatever it is, learn in order to teach. If you haven't done it, (laughs) you failed. You haven't done this one of the forty eight ways. You haven't accepted it as a responsibility, you haven't done the job. So B of this is that Realize the job of living, the whole purpose of living, the whole hardship of living, the whole accomplishment of living is this decision to put what you know into practice. Either you're going to muddle through life or you're going to take the controls and start living according to what is reasonable. It's up to you. Nobody can stop you and nobody can help you. All right, number five is... See that the easiest way of putting things into effect, into, into living with them, happens to be the things that are mostly ritual. You see, pardon me, thank you, I'm so sorry. You'll teach your kids, they'll do it, even if they are selfish bums. They'll say, pardon me while I take your head off. Yeah. You understand? They're that, a ritual they'll get through, you know, and the a ritual they'll learn. That saying, those words, Please, please, Pastor Saul, do good for nothing. But the ritual, they'll learn, yeah. The same thing goes in Judaism. If you think Judaism is ritual, it's because people pick up the ritual part, you know. They put on the tefillin. they wash their hands, they keep the kosher, they put on the mezuzah, right? They put a mezuzah on the door. You know, a lot of people have a mezuzah on the door. They even fast on Yom Kippur, right? It's ritual. But of course, Yom Kippur is fast in order to To change, to get control, yeah? Put a mezuzah on, of course, you should read the mezuzah see what's written in it. Put it in practice, right? It makes sense, yeah? Again, I focus your attention. It's a ritual that you're teaching your children to say, please, please pass the salt. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Pardon me. I'm sorry. It's ritual. But they're a heck of a lot more civilized if they go through this ritual than if they just go <laughs> and say, give me the salt. Of course, you mean for them to really think that there are human beings out there, if you remember the point of it all. Please, as I'm, I'm, I'm asking you as a human being, I have no right to ask you, but please do me a favor, pass the salt. Well, we've gotten used to it, too. It's a little bit of a ritual ourselves, but we realize there is an effectiveness. There's an effectiveness to ritual, too. Ritual will get you there to some extent. Therefore, in wisdom, separate the results, separate the concepts, and turn into rituals. Turn it into rituals. So, for instance, if we say happiness is an obligation, we say at least take ten pleasures every hour, on the hour. Don't worry about whether you're happy or not. You know, turn it into ritual. That's right. I'm going to take ten. It's going to change your life. It'll make you a little more civilized. Take ten pleasures. What pleasures did you have today? They. You've been around for a few hours already. You woke up seven o'clock, six, five, nine, whatever it is, but you had a few hours, you had a few pleasures. What pleasures? Focus on them, count them, feel them. Alright, a ritual, yeah? It changes you. You start looking for the positive rather than the negative. You start controlling your mind. It does a subtle change even though you don't feel that I'm happy anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not any happier, yeah? No, it doesn't matter. Say, pardon me, excuse me, so sorry. It's the easiest thing to get into a habit doing because it's dried facts. You know, it's it's a little hard to think of pleasure. It's all right. It'll come easy. You know, get things into rituals. Rituals will save you. And it's easiest to practice. Okay. Number six is more difficult than the rituals and the prescribed actions is the things that you have to study a little bit to understand. For instance, it says in the Torah, instructions for living, and you're going to tell your children, don't talk bad about each other. You know, they're going to come in and they're going to report, you know what he did, he he, he, he lied, he stole, he's um, a faker, he's a bum. Yeah, you know, you got brothers and sisters, Yeah, you remember? Bash, man, you're talking about each other, and your parents say, come on, cut it out, it's going to hurt you. Yeah. Almighty says, don't talk bad about another human being. But what is bad? What do you have to report? There's things that you have to tell. When do you do it? When do you don't do it? So it takes a little study. No. It takes a little definition. Don't take revenge. Wait, you're gonna have kids, you're gonna tell your kids, don't hit back. What do you mean don't hit back? How can I live without hitting them back? Remember, Dave, you got a sibling? Yeah, you hit back, he hits you, you hit him first. Of course he hit you first, right? But you gotta get in the last leg, yeah? Wait, wait until you have kids. Two kids? <laughs> bong, bang, bing, bong, yeah? You say, no, don't hit him back, no, no, don't kill him! Gotta get even. Otherwise, I won't respect myself. How can I go to school today if I don't get even with him? Can't study, yeah? Get it? And you can explain to him, yeah? But how do you, how do you stop? Don't retaliate, say so how do you stand up for your rights? You see there are problems to get on. Then he'll keep on batting me. You're gonna to have to explain it to your kids. Explain it to yourself. Yeah? Explain it to yourself. Explain it to yourself what is the laws of the law. And it's explainable. It just takes a little more effort. Any tail bearing that is not strictly productive is forbidden. Any hitting back that is not strictly productive is forbidden. Forbidden. It's bad. Counterproductive. Realize you've got to work at it too. Otherwise, your kids are going to do what you do, not what you tell them to do. Right? Yeah? So you've got to stop bearing a grudge now. You have to stop tail-bearing now. (laughs) You get it? So that your kids will see. yeah. Father does He means it. Yeah? Number seven is that the more difficult things are the ones that we appreciate are meaningful, but we don't really understand how to go about it. For instance, love humanity, be happy, be full of joy. These are commandments in Judaism, these are commandments. And we know I want to get out of a depression. Can you get yourself out of a depression? Fate's got me by the light. I hope it will pass. No, no. You can get yourself out of depression. You just gotta to have tools. Yeah? That's Judaism. But you've got to decide, valid or not valid, investigate, get the tools. But at the same time, it takes this this irritation to articulate, to define it, to figure out how to practice it. But these are important things. We know they're important. All right, number eight is, in the same category, my friend. In the same category as love humanity, have joy... um, Know yourself. Know what you're living for. In the same category that we know we got to do, and yet it's tough. Is living values. For instance, you know, you have a friend who got a divorce. You got one. You know one. You know that that's significant. Something wrong. <laughs> they weren't love. You know they were going to live forever happily ever after. Yeah. If something happened. That's I got to know. That's relevant. And you know you can figure it out. What happens to people? They fall out of love. What is it? Fate? Is there some way of making it go? You know that, God forbid, if you're in that situation, you fall in love and you get married, you're going to go to a marriage counselor? Find out what's wrong? Yeah. Huh? Maybe go to a marriage counselor now. Articulate. What is it that I'm seeing? Only you don't have the Torah to teach you so that you can check it out. You have to break your head. you got to go to marriage counselors and some of them are no good and some of them are good and some of them are nuts. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta walk around the blind leading the blind until somebody'll on you. If you want to check us out, we got something for you. We'll tell you how to make a marriage work. But the same thing goes with people nagging their children, people running their family business into the ground. Yeah, something's wrong. What is an intelligent guy? What's the matter? Right. Am I making sense? Do you see that these are events around you that you know are significant? You know they mean something. Then you know that you should learn the lesson. Only it's darn difficult to figure out how. Do you see the necessity? You got to change. You got to practice what what you learn. Yeah. Number nine is, you know, there's a saying in in America. Even a fool learns from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from other people's mistakes, right? So, other people's mistakes is they divorce, they're wasting time. We see that all the time. We just look at people, we see what's wrong. But we forget, learn from their mistakes. That means that every human being walking by is for you a lesson in living. If you're going to learn from his mistakes, if you're going to define where is he off, What is he doing wrong? And what does that mean for me? Do I make these mistakes or not? But certainly from your own mistakes, to repeat them again and again and again and again and again, then you're not even a fool. What are you? (laughs) An imbecile. (laughs) Completely irresponsible. Right? So if you catch yourself doing something which is counterproductive, you know, make a stand, friend. Make a stand. You cannot give up on your own. If you are suffering, And you know, (laughs) your own mistakes, go out. Last stand. Custer's last stand. Do or die. I've got to change. I've got to put it into practice. Number ten is that in order to do this, be sure you suffer your mistakes. Suffer your mistakes. You know what suffer your mistakes is? You... uh, in judaism we say you see that the way of chuva of return in hebrew the word chuva in english it's translated as repent repent is a dirty word that's in the whole philosophy of religion that is western philosophy you know sin man is born in sin and then you repent and you go through uh, in judaism we say you were born for pleasure it's our father in heaven you're given the tools but we make mistakes you make mistakes. And how do you return? You return to your pre-mistake desire to be good, to be productive, to accomplish, to be happy, to be full of life. Yeah. So in Judaism we say, how do you correct your mistakes, regret them, and be ashamed of them? If you buy the Brooklyn Bridge, you don't go around with a guilt complex. I'm worthless. I'm an idiot. You just say, what an idiot. Stupid. How do you take me? Ooh. Greed. What the heck? You bought the Brooklyn Bridge. You know what the buying the Brooklyn Bridge is about, Jay, David, you know, Scott? And the guy comes to you and he says, you know, I have to make a sacrifice sale. I'm leaving the country unexpectedly. I just need $10,000. And here's this Brooklyn Bridge. You see all these cars coming? All you got to charge is a quarter for each car. <laughs> you make it back in one day. What are you doing, man? One day you're rich. I'll sign it over to you. Sacrifice because I like it. Yeah, nice looking guy. Here, just ten thousand bucks, right? So you're real smart. So you say, well, all I got is two thousand bucks. I'll, I'll give you a check for the next two months from now, right? He says, all right, for you, you're an honest guy. Give me the two thousand. Yeah. boy, oh, you're so smart. Yeah, two thousand dollars. Yeah, and then you try to put up a barrier, and they put you in jail. Yeah, you bought the Brooklyn Bridge. So now what do you do? You say I'm no good. You don't say I'm no good. You say, boy, I'm a sucker. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot, stupid. When I lost my money, how did I let that guy take me? I'm ashamed. Suffer your mistake. You'll never make it again. You might not buy some good buys, yeah? But you're not going to buy no Brooklyn Bridges anymore. Do you understand that? So in Judaism, we say, suffer your mistakes. Take a look at yourself. What did you buy? What did you buy? You had to go off and, 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 not listening to how to be happy? Well, so what did you gain? You got away with it? Yeah? You told the guy you're gonna come back in two weeks <laughs> and he bought it? Bye, oh, you smart. Well oh, it's so good you know happiness is good. Suffer your mistakes. Yeah. Guilt is I'm worthless, it's no use, I'll never do anything any good. It's self pity. Guilt is a self pity, it's a it's a dis- disgusting thing. Yeah? You made a mistake, you made a mistake. You made an error, you made an error. Yeah? yeah. You just threw the ball out of the park and they, and they scored four runs. So you say, boy, I gotta, I gotta make it up. I gotta hit a home run. Yeah? You don't go around saying I'm no good. You know, I'll kick you off the team. It's enough. Yeah? Come on. Put your energy back in. Let's go. Yeah? Am I making sense? Guilt is not for the Jew. No good. It's not Jewish. We have regret and shame. Be ashamed of yourself. That's all. Finished. And you're sure you'll never do it again. A person who's full of guilt does it again and again and again and again. It's, again, the body. You see, the soul and the body. The, 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 guilt is the body's way of flim-flamming the soul that you did something about it. You see, the soul says, hey, look, you wasted a day, right? Let's do something about it. So the body says, okay, I got you. I'm no good. I can't do anything with my time. I'm worthless. See, I took care of it, Right? I'm no good. The soul says, cut down, out, you idiot. Let's go. Use today. <laughs> right? But it's a way of saying, well, you see, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself. All right, number 11 is that every night, ask yourself, five things I learned today. Five important things I learned today. You <laughs> had to learn something. You lived, you grew. You grew, you saw. You saw, you've grown. You know. You know five but you have to focus on him, take him, and how would I transfer it to someone else, right? So you should do that, but Osa's Loman Lasso says, do something about it, not only to teach someone. Five things you learned today, five things, do one little effort. You will gain your momentum, you will gain your credibility. Do you understand? If every day you change even one time, I learned that I should say good morning with a smile, yeah? All right, so one day you say good morning and smile. So you learn that you can move, you can inch up, yeah? So do something about it. Put it into practice one time. All right, number 12 is a much more difficult are things that we know are meaningful and we don't even have an idea of how to go about it. For instance, are you a soul? But you know, this is a meaningful question. Do you have free will? It's important to know these things. Do you feel? These are important. Now, we in Judaism, we say every human being has inside of him the drive for greatness. And I do occasionally, and the, the fellows who are here the first time, I want you to, to focus on yourself. And, you know, we are amongst friends, so please tell me. Who here will confess that in the innermost recesses of his heart he secretly harbors the desire to be the Messiah himself? What do you say, Jay? Sure. Sure. David? Hazel? That's the way the Almighty created us. And what in the world does that mean? You see, one time, we have 30 guys raising their hands. And the last guy who raises his hands, he says, thank God, thank God. And everybody looked at him. What's the matter? He says, I thought I was crazy. See, the guy who thinks he is the Messiah, who assumes he is the Messiah, he's the crazy guy. But the guy who denies that it's within him doesn't know himself. That's the way the Almighty created us. In Judaism, we have a commandment, be like God. You hear that one? That's a command. It's one of the instructions for living. The Almighty says, My sons, (laughs) I created you to emulate me. So for us, it's like to be the Messiah, to straighten out the world. You got it? Yeah? But really, we want more, but we can't conceive that. We want to be like God himself. But this is a yearning that's very hard to articulate, to get in touch with, to figure out what do you do about it. What is it? Is it there or not? But don't give up. As far as Judaism is concerned, we give you instructions. Follow up the instructions. You know, we have a commandment. It comes with a what and a how and a why. We have a definition of free will. We have a definition of how do you know your soul. At least investigate. I constantly remind you we're an old eminent firm with no fly-by-nights. 3,500 years. The world uses our products under different brand names. Yeah. Love your neighbor. I'm they won't give us credit, but they use our products. Love your neighbor. We are our brothers, keepers, justice for all, uh, tolerance. These are Jewish products. Yeah. All right, now these are concepts that are Torah concepts. But B of this is that there are things within yourself that you know are haunting you. You want greatness. What for. is it? Beauty is meaningful. How do you articulate it? It racks your brains. It rack- Don't give up. That's what the process of living is. To learn is to articulate it. To articulate it is to teach it to others. But the idea is to put it in a practice yourself. And number 13 is, my friend, there's some things that are even more difficult than this. Even more difficult, and yet it's part of living, it's part of learning. But you'd never suspect it. In Torah, in our instructions for living... We say that every word of the Almighty's is not, he's not giving us history, he's not pedantic, he doesn't give us the names of all the ten generations from Adam until Noah, and from Noah until Abraham, just because, uh, you know, we got to fill in some space, i got to write some information, it's all instructions for living. Every word is instructions for living. The numbers of the Jews in, his, in, in, in Egypt, the numbers of the Jews that came out, the number... So all instructions for living. That takes an awful lot of discipline. Figure out what is being said. What is he telling me? Why do I have to know it? What am I going to do about it? How am I going to use it? <laughs> Terrible. So you say, but that's too much. The Almighty gives it to us in our day-to-day living. And in Judaism, we say B of this is that in day-to-day living, you're getting the same messages. The same messages. And what is the same messages? we have a Geiger counter for meaning. You want to know about all the trees in the world yeah if i can give you a lecture right now and i'll tell you the difference between the oak and the poplar and the cypress and the evergreen and the spruce and the willow and i can tell you the leaves and how you tell the difference in the bark and in the wood and what the wood is good for and the rings and that and under what conditions they grow etc 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 You'd be fascinated for all of how long? How long? um, Can I keep you fascinated, Jay? (laughs) How long, Dave? One guy, one hour. One guy, two hours. One guy, three hours. But in the end, you're going to say, look, I'm growing twigs. (laughs) I can't take it anymore, right? Now, if I talk about ants and how they raise their cocoons and how they they, uh, dig their tunnels for aeration and they get rid of their... Their uh, garbage and how they uh, they gather their foods and lay their trails and how they I can speak for five hours twice as much time and keep you fascinated if I know my stuff how they grow aphids and how they if I know my stuff I'm an entomologist you know I know ants thoroughly how they raise um, uh, they maraud and they get slaves and they, well right. Now they take care of parasites and they chase them out. If I know my stuff, I keep you fascinated for five hours, six hours. But then you say, I'm crawling with ants. Something tells you, enough, enough. Why? If I talk about lions and tigers and bears, I can keep you fascinated for a few days. If I really know my stuff, yeah? If I can keep giving you information you never heard of, yeah? Then you say, hey, look, you took me out of life. Yeah? What's fascinating? We have a Geiger counter of meaning. Something tells us, I need this information. If it's something that I don't need, after f- two minutes you plead for mercy. If I take you outside and I show you these buildings, I take you for a walk down the street and I say, you see this building? 5,700 stones. The second building over here is 7,215 stones. Yeah? The third building is... A- Wait a moment! I, I haven't even begun! Wait! What are you, what are you, are you getting on... on? say, please, can I get out of here? After three minutes, you want to get out. right? Why? No meaning. Doesn't mean. Doesn't, maybe five buildings. You know? Interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll go into Kablan. I'll be a, a construction uh, man. Uh, Got to know how many stones go into a building. Yeah, but No meaning? You can't listen. So in Judaism, in the Torah, we have the keys to these things. The keys means what does plans mean? What do trees mean? What do insects mean? What does an animal mean? They have little keys that are put into it. Yeah? Well, if you have this Geiger counter for meaning, how come so many people don't want to even pursue questions such as, is there a God where you living for? Do you want to be happy these things? The question is that if we have a Geiger counter for meaning, how come we don't want to pursue the things that we know are meaningful? We know we want to be happy. We, We know it explicitly, outright, for sure. So how come we crush our own children and we say to our father, you hate me, when we know it's counterproductive, when we know this is stupid, and we know it's wrong, yeah, how come? The battle for life is the battle for sanity. In Judaism we say, ain't adam Choteh," we do not make a mistake, shtus, temporary insanity. <laughs> we go off our rocker, we're crazy, we're mishugan. You understand? That's it. The body says, I don't care if I fail. I don't care if they flunk me. I'm not going to study another moment. Yeah? Right? I don't care. So what? I don't care if I go to hell. Did you ever hear that one? He doesn't care if he goes to hell. Doesn't he? How would you like to spend the night in Harlem? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but how that's all right. <laughs> you get it? The body is meshuggahed. The soul wouldn't say such a thing. The soul said, what are you doing? Shut up. Hey, quiet. Don't, don't. don't, Hey, hey, shut up. You see that? Okay. Number 14 is, the rules of all of this is, the rules of learning in order to, to fulfill, in order to put into practice, is that everything you learn, figure out first what. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to Love my neighbor. What does that mean? Define it. Get a clarity. What are you supposed to do? Then how? How are you going to do it? How can I put it into effect? And then see, what am I going to do about it? So what am I going to do about it? That's the crucial part. What am I going to do about it? That's the rules. That's the way you use these things. Number 15 is, the most important, is whatever you're doing. Ask yourself, what should I be doing? See, learn your wisdom in practice. Right now, you're walking down the street, you're touring. Okay, what did I learn about touring? What should I be doing? Don't don't take it for granted. I decided to tour so I know exactly what I'm going to do. No, no, no. Decide now. What do you think you should be doing when you're touring? Right? What should I be doing when I'm learning? What should I be doing when I'm having a conversation? I should be focusing in on what this human being is about. I should be listening to him. I should be impressing him. Do you, do you see that if you start thinking, what am I doing... How should I do it? And what am I going to do about it? (laughs) You avoid so many mistakes. (laughs) Because as soon as you plug into thinking, insanity disappears. Do you get that? As soon as you plug into the reality, into thinking, into being aware, into the soul, into definitions, into doing what's right, insanity disappears. Just evaporates. But it's very tough when you're in the middle of action. To stop and ask yourself, so what am I doing? Number 16 is, make a list of the things that you know about life, that you've learned about living. Ask yourself, what is it? What what would I want to teach others? What would I tell them to do? How should they do it? For five minutes, do it once. Take five things. Give yourself an assignment. If you do that every day, you take another. One little action. You You get involved in this business of Living intelligently, living with understanding, living with wisdom, living with meaning. It's a fantastic power. It's a fantastic power. Number 17 is, in Judaism we say, tough to change does not mean that we can't change. A deep enough commitment, if you say to yourself and you promise yourself and you mean it, I'm going to start studying at the beginning of the term, that's it. You'll start studying at the beginning of the term. We have the power over ourselves. It's just that we don't mean it. A deep enough commitment, anything that you undertake, you've changed the rest of your life. That's why we fool ourselves a lot. Because we think we made the commitment. We didn't. We didn't. You understand? If I say, I'll get up tomorrow morning, six o'clock, we know if we mean it, we're up. Six o'clock. If we got to catch a plane, if there's a big deal cooking, we're up. Six o'clock. And we say... I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm telling you, I'm going to, we don't mean it. We sleep until nine. But a deep enough commitment, you can switch anything like that. That's the power of a human being, free will. Power. Power. But don't take it for granted you're going to use it. Enough practice. <laughs> it's almost as much as a commitment. You'll change slowly. You get it? Number 18 is, Rabbi saying, "Pilki Avot, if not today, when? You see, there's an awful lot of things we promise ourselves we're going to do. So the rabbis say, if you're not going to do it today, you'll never do it. Yeah? Put it in practice today. But there is also a reading of that, and it's equally equivalent, it's meaningful. If not today, when? Put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. So what does that mean, put it on your calendar? The things that you know are very important. And you're not getting it done, like happiness, investigate, free will, soul, am I your soul or body? At least keep a book with you and read. This is what I want to know. This is what I want to do. Read it every week. Put it on your calendar. Sooner or later, you're going to do it. Yeah? Put it on your calendar or put it on your calendar. Am I making sense? Otherwise, if you're not going to do it now, it's lost completely. Number 19 is, there's a crisis of credibility gap. Who are you waiting for? What, are you a baby? Remember, there's a credibility gap. You have to do what's best for you. Nobody else can do it. Therefore, undertake it. You will, slowly, little things, you're going to do it. Sooner or later, you're going to do it. Now, why do we need this? Why do we need this? So look, (laughs) the whole point of, of understanding what life is about is to use it. You can know the greatest things in the world if you don't put it into practice. (laughs) It's as if you know nothing. So Lomen Omenas Lassos is for us to learn in order to fulfill is the definition of the difference between impotent philosophy and Jewish wisdom. We look at it as the Almighty says, do. He's our gadfly. You better do it. Saying happiness is an obligation. You should love humanity. If you don't realize it, you gotta get it done, you can talk the nicest, the nicest ideas in the world and be a fool, an idiot, an income poop, and worthless. We know that. You gotta act on what you know. That's what living is really about. Okay, I thank you.